at Faith Baptist Church. The series is the parable of the soil. And I, I know that that's a little different than what we're accustomed to because it's the parable of the sower. But again, listen to the verses. It is primarily about the soil. What kind of soil is it? And is the result of the sowing a fruitful sowing? Now, um, as you've read the scripture and as you've been here each week, we've talked about the, parab the soil on the path, the packed soil. Uh, and we said that that is the person that the devil comes along and just steals the word before it can have any effect at all. And that person is not saved. Last week I talked about the, the seed on the stony ground where there is an instant reception even with joy but there is no root, there's no real growth, and so that person very quickly falls by the wayside. All too often we see that in church life. Somebody comes and gets saved, and they stay a very short time, and we never see them again. There's no growth, there's no fruit. Saved as by fire. That is, they make it to heaven, but just barely. No rewards, no fruit. No life lived for God. Today we're going to talk about the seed on the thorny ground. Now, you heard him read, and I just want to point out again, and others are one sown among thorns. Mark that, sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Now I've already said that there's something I want you to notice from the verse. Notice, uh, really the sermon's going to be, it's a good thing I've only got two points this morning because I'm looking at the clock and with all that we've done before I've got about 17 minutes to preach this sermon. I probably won't get that done so don't watch your clocks, okay? But it's a good thing I've only got two points uh, and those are the practical lessons from the seed on the thorny ground, and then the personal lessons from the seed on thorny grounds. Don't get excited, Kelly. I've got ten subpoints under each point. So, you know, you un you un reasonable expectations, okay? But I want you to notice the practical lessons, and that is the problem with the thorns. First of all, notice that the seed is sown among thorns. That means, actually, that the Thorns are already in the ground. Now, I know that when we did our yard in our house, and we keep getting confused as exactly how many years we've been in the house. Figured it out yesterday. It's 16 years in the house. You know, we were on a former ranch. I mean, it was field. Carl, it was, you know, it was just a field. And, and we plowed it up, and we dug a, dug a foundation. We built a house. The trouble is, Rodney, there was... Thorns everywhere. And, and the yard, John, looked really good. You know, when we put the sod out, guess what? There were thorns in the ground. The roots were already there for the thorns. The seed is sown among thorns. That's verse 7. And most everyone, we're talking about the sowing of the seed of the Word of God. 
And just about everyone has thorns in their lives. Now, there are those, Joe, that are the packed soil. I mean, their hearts are hard, their heads are hard. And I preached that, by the way, I'm not making that up. Not the first time I've said it. Some folks are just hard-hearted and others are hard-headed. And they just don't open their hearts at all to hear the Word of God. And when the Word is there, right, Satan comes along just steals it away, just like the birds eating the seeds. There are others that are hard and they don't grow a root. They, they get saved on, but they don't ever grow. But then I think all of us would admit that most of us are thorny, thorny ground. We've got cares, we've got worries. Alice, that's the reason I'm excited about our children's program. You know who doesn't have thorny ground? Children. They have tender hearts. They are good ground. And I tell you, the children's program of Faith Baptist Church is tremendously important. If we can reach them while they're kids, before the thorns take hold, then we can have people who will have a fruitful life for Jesus Christ. But most of us have thorns. And the seed is sown among thorns. Now, and we need to understand that, that we are sowing among thorns. But understand, just because you're sowing among thorns doesn't mean, or just because you have thorns doesn't mean you can't be saved. Understand, we've all got thorns in our lives. And God can save you in spite of the thorns. If you have an idea in your mind that you're going to get your life straightened out and your life is going to be perfect and that's when you're going to get saved, you'll never be saved. You will never come to faith in Jesus Christ because you'll never overcome the thorns on your own. You come to God as you are. We used to sing when I was a kid growing up, Dennis, we sang that song, Just as I am, without one plea, just as I am, I come to thee. Listen, that's what God's asking you today. If you've never been saved, you've never come to Christ, quit trying to straighten out your life and be good enough to get saved. Come as you are, thorns and all, and Jesus can save you. Listen, we sow among thorns. Chris, I think that also means we need to be aware of the condition of the people we're sowing the Word with. We need to have understanding when we are sowing the Word of God to understand how people live and understand the thorns in their lives and deal with them in an understanding way and sow the Word in the way that they can understand it. The second thing is, and I'm rushing just a little bit, Understand that the thorns don't go away. They grow up. Did you notice that in the verse? Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. The thorns grew up. They don't stay in the ground. Now, Dennis, the soil's good. We might miss that point in all of this. Now, the soil was not good with the packed soil. The soil, Terry, was not good with the stony ground. But with the thorny ground, the soil's good. 
It's, it's amber, it, it doesn't say this, the soil's bad. It's good soil. It's good seed. It's just got thorns in it. It's just like my yard, you know. The grass looked really good when, when we put it down, Cody. It, it, yard looked great. And then all of a sudden, you know, a little bit later, I see these little thorns, briars coming up all over my yard. By the way, I can tell you how to deal with that. It took a little while, but I spread enough poison. I think I took an eyedropper and went out and, you know, I didn't want to kill a big spot in my yard with, with Roundup. So I took Roundup. And, and dripped it a little bit at a time on those briars, one at a time, till I finally, it took about a year, Nancy, but I got rid of all those briars. But the point is, they don't go away. If you think when you got saved, God took all the briars out of your life, I've got news for you. You need to wake up and look a little more closely. They're still there. And Danette, they don't just exist, they grow up. Now, the other thing is, understand, get the point of the parable. Some people will say because there were thorns in their life, they never were saved. Rita, they were saved, they just had thorns. The plant was growing, Joe, but the thorns grew along with the plant and choked the plant so that it was not fruitful. That's the point. They don't go away, they grow up. So what do I do? For one thing, you better make sure you're growing. You need to make sure you're growing, that you're walking with God, that you're in the Word every morning, that you're praying, that you're in study group, that you're in worship. You need to grow and outgrow the thorns. You can be stronger than them, but if you're not growing, Tony, man, they'll grow up and choke you down. You've got to grow, and you've got to grow faster than the thorns, or they will grow up and choke you. The other thing you need to notice about the problem with the thorns is that the thorns do choke the plant, so what? There's no fruit. There's no fruit. It says, other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Jesus loved you so much, Sheila, He stretched out His arms and died. I used to have a plaque on my wall that said, how much did Jesus love me? And He stretched out His arms and said, this much, and died. Jesus loved you so much, he shed His blood. He was separated from His Father. He died for your salvation to pay the price for your sins. What have you done for Him? Will we just accept that gift of eternal life and not remember that the Bible says, For by grace are you saved. It's not of yourself. It's not of works that any man should boast. We are created in Christ Jesus for, unto or for good works I like I've quoted the woman before in D.L. Moody's ministry who said Mr. Moody if God should save me I shall never let him forget it I like that do you love him enough to live for him he loved you enough to 
die for you? Do you love Him enough to live for Him? <laughs> One preacher said, is He getting His money's worth out of you? He gave His life for you. Are you living for Jesus? Are you living a life for the glory of God and bringing fruit for Him? There are far too many Christians, far too many Christians, who are saved but bear no fruit, none whatsoever. Don't be one of those. Grow up in Christ. Grow up in church. Grow in your faith and the grace of God and live to His glory and bear fruit. Bear fruit for Jesus. Well, I talked about practical lessons and I talked about personal lessons. I said that we all have thorns in our lives. And so it bears the question, what kind of thorns are you dealing with? What kind of thorns are trying to choke you? And if you say to me, well, I don't have any thorns, I don't have any problems, nothing is giving me any, any problems at all, uh, maybe you ought to be pastor. Because I have my own problems. Every, I think every one of us do. What kind of thorns are trying to choke you? Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. What kind of thorns are trying to choke you. He lists three of those. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and desires for other things. Now I want you to notice that. What kind of thorns are choking you? Uh, some of you are, got ahead of me and you wrote in your bulletin cares of the world, and that's not what you're supposed to write. Just go ahead and, and mark out cares and write distractions because I've, I discovered I never knew this till this this week I was studying and, and looking at the words and somebody gave me the Greek word and said it it means to divide or to distract there's a parallel passage in first Corinthians chapter 7 where that word is used and it says that the the man who is married is distracted or divided. His attention is divided because of his wife. Now, I had all kinds of plans. I thought I'd have plenty of time, and I was going to talk about how beautiful my wife is and how distracting she walks into the room, and I forget what I'm doing because I, I look at her. But I don't have time to say all that. So, The distractions of the world. That's, that's the literal translation of that word that is usually talked about as the cares of the world. It's the distractions. They draw you away from what is most important. Now, I'm not saying to you that your job, your occupation, or your business is not important. I'm just saying to you, you can be distracted for, by that which is less important from the thing that is most important. You see, the thing that is most important is eternal. That is eternal life and your service for God 
and influencing the eternal life of people around you. Buildings and things, money, all of that is temporary and the soul of man is everlasting. You have an opportunity to have an eternal impact on people around you. And you need to do that. If we're not careful, we'll work hard. Oh, now wait a minute. The Bible teaches that we ought to work hard. The, the Bible teaches good stewardship. But we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And God and His kingdom is the main thing. And we may be distracted by business or our occupation, our job, our work. Listen, when we have no time, no thought, no energy left for God, we've been choked by the distractions of the world. We also may be distracted by politics or world events. There is so much going on right now. The government, the governor makes an announcement every single day. Trump was doing that for a while. The evening news is, is on and on and on and on. I'm not sure that 24-7 news was ever a good idea. In fact, may I encourage you to turn off the news. Please understand. Disaster sells. When you turn on the news, they're not going to tell you happy things. Oh, they may have a thing about that long of something positive. But that doesn't sell. And they are on the air to sell... Uh, I've been in too, too many English countries. Advertisements. In Alabama, we called them advertisements. They, they must sell their airtime. And Corey, the thing that sells is disaster. Good news does not sell ads. And so when you turn on the news, all you're going to hear is gloom, doom, and disaster. If the news had been accurate four months ago, we should all be dead now. Turn off the news. Filter Facebook. Listen, everybody's got an opinion, and some of us are dumb enough to share it. You need a filter. Every once in a while, Brenda has to say, I, I show what I'm going to post to Brenda. She says, You probably ought not share that. Some of you need a Brenda. And I'll be very serious. In, in what's going on, I have been totally ashamed of some of my friends and some of their posts. If, if you think, and, and I'm going to get in trouble, and Brenda told me not to say this, but if you think that the police will not bother you if you're doing nothing wrong, you need to talk to some of my black friends. 
I said my black friends, I mean, done. When you get stopped, when everybody in the car with you is white and you get pulled off to the side and you get interrogated, you don't think that happens, and it does. You're walking home with two backpacks on your back and you get stopped. Why do you have two backpacks? And you try to explain, I've got one for school, I've got another one for the sports that I'm playing. But you get stopped, you get questioned. Like the young man who was going to the bank and he, something was going on, he asked what was going on, and they said, the bank's been robbed. He said, well, I'm not going to the bank. Turned around and started walking home. He got stopped by two cop cars wanting to know what he was doing walking down the sidewalk, going home. When they say, we're not policed the way you're policed, don't tell me that if you're doing nothing wrong, the police won't bother you. They're trained to profile. And it's not fair. Be careful. Be careful that you listen to the other side of the story. Because there's always two sides to the story. Please. There is so much negativity. And if we're not careful, we will allow the politics of the moment and the news with which we're bombarded to turn our heart hard. Now listen to me. I am a political and a financial conservative. I make no apology for that. But there's some ways that we need to be liberal. We need to be liberal in our loving. We need to love everyone. And I mean everyone. We need to be liberal in our giving. As Christians, we ought to be the most generous, loving people on earth. Don't be hateful, please. On Facebook, on social media. And for goodness sake, don't be hateful to anyone, anytime, in person. Turn off the news. Filter Facebook. Otherwise, you're liable to be choked by distraction. We can be distracted by the sin that so easily besets us. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. You know, every single one of us, has a t we have a sin nature. But some of us have particular sins with which we are beset constantly. And listen, the devil knows your weakness. He knows the sin that gives you the most trouble. And he will stir that up every chance he gets. And he will choke the growth out of you. He doesn't want you to be fruitful. And he will do everything he can to keep you from achieving your greatest success your greatest usefulness, bringing the greatest glory to God. And then finally, there is the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it is through this, this craving, that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. Listen, money can be a helpful tool. 
And that is what it is intended to be. A tool for us to use for the glory of God. Everything we have comes from Him. And we ought to use everything we have for His honor and His glory. But listen, it's a terrible master. It's a great tool, but it's a terrible master. Jesus Himself said, you cannot serve God and money. You need to serve God and let money serve you. Don't turn it around and do not let money be your master. And then finally, desires for other things. The desires, the lust, the desires for other things. Remember what Jesus said. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. And here's the point. Life is not measured by how much you own. Be very careful that your possessions do not possess you. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. And if we're not careful, we will just a little bit more until what we own, we no longer own. Instead, it owns us. Do not be possessed by your possessions. Others are sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in, get this, and choke them, and it proves unfruitful. Listen, God has given us life. See, the, the seed germinated, and it sprouted. It came to life. But it was sown among thorns, and the thorns grew faster than the plant and choked the plant so that there was no fruit. What do we do? Outgrow the thorns. Let us today, let us in this service, and let us in this moment dedicate our lives to the glory of God. Listen. He has died for your sins. He has given all that He could give. He has done all that needs to be done so that you can be saved. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, we're going to stand, we're going to bow our heads, we're going to have music played. Every head bowed, please, everyone standing, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never come to Christ, you've never been saved, it is in this moment <clears throat> that we would ask you to come kneel at the altar, sit down where you are and pray. Come take me by the hand and say, Pastor, <clears throat> would, you, would you pray with me? And I'm asking you, has God spoken to your heart? Has He convicted you? And you need to come. Come now for salvation. Maybe you would say, I've been choked the thorns. In this moment, hear my challenge. Dedicate your life to growing in the faith that saved you. Too many are saved, but have never changed, have never grown. Right now, give your life to Christ in service, in growth, so that you outgrow.
grow the thorns. Dedicate your life to living for the glory of God.